This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. The panel probing the January 6th insurrection is holding a surprise hearing today. Now, originally, the hearings weren't scheduled to resume until next month. But yesterday, the House Select Committee changed course to present new evidence and witness testimony. We'll bring you the hearing live here on WBEZ in just a few minutes at noon. But before the last-minute hearing begins, DePaul University historian Tom McKaitis is here to offer his analysis. Welcome back to Reset, Tom. Good morning. How are you? Doing well. Also here, Stephen Schwinn, a professor at the University of Illinois Chicago Law School. Welcome back, Steve. Good morning, Sasha. Thanks for having me. I'll start with you. Bring us up to speed. We are five hearings in. Today's is going to be the sixth. We'll get to that surprise hearing in a bit, but can you tell us up until this point, Professor Schwinn, what are your biggest takeaways? So there are a number of takeaways from the committee so far. Uh, Some real revelations, also some things that we've heard before, but packaged in a way that kind of tells a narrative about what happened leading up to January 6th and then on January 6th and in the aftermath. What I think the committee has done perhaps best is to set out the clear effort on the part of President Trump and his allies to really create a constitutional coup, uh, set out the legal theory behind that, the constitutional theory behind that, and demonstrate how it reached all levels of government and uh, was very carefully coordinated in a kind of multi-pronged effort to lead to the coup. What have been the highlights for you, Professor Mikaitis? Uh, I would agree with uh, what was just said. It, really, they've done an excellent job, what I would call connecting the dots. I was aware of much, of, I think many of us were, of what transpired. But to have it all put together in a very powerful, comprehensive picture creates a, a, a much clearer uh, understanding that this was not a series of isolated incidents of trial and error. It was part of a concerted uh, effort to subvert the election, to overturn the results of a Democratic election. How would you say the committee's built its case so far? I think quite effectively, and I'll defer to my colleague in the legal profession, but it's in this one, but it does sound to me like, uh, particularly Liz Cheney, is behaving like a prosecutor in front of a grand jury, kind of trying to lay out a case. And I think as one of your previous guests I was on with Robert Pape says very well, that um, the, the audience, to a significant degree, is Merrick Garland. They're trying to, I think, make up an argument here that there's there's an there are multiple indictable offenses, not just the former president, but many of those around him. Yeah. Well, uh, Professor Schwinn, we spoke to you just a week ago here on Reset. What's changed since then? Well, so we have this emergency hearing today that will apparently involve Cassidy Hutchinson, who is a top mm-hmm. aide to Mark Meadows the chief of staff, uh, former President Trump's last chief of staff, and the chief of staff who was in place on January 6th. Now, Mark Meadows played an instrumental role in the events leading up to January 6th and the January 6th insurrection itself. And Cassidy Hutchinson, by all accounts, was Mark Meadows' right-hand person. She was always with him in all the meetings and has provided at least three um, videotaped testimonies of over 20 hours of testimony so far to the committee that's been highly revealing. So the fact that the committee is going to hear from her in person today on an emergency basis, I think, is quite telling. Well, uh, we saw this videotaped testimony, as you mentioned, Professor, uh, just last week at a hearing from Hutchinson. I want to play a little bit of that. Mr. Gates and Mr. Brooks, I know 
both advocated for there to be a blanket pardon for members involved in that meeting and a handful of other members that weren't at the December 21st meeting um, as the preemptive pardons. Can you break that down for us? What did we just hear? Sure. Members of Congress asking for pardons preemptively. It's really hard to overstate exactly how significant and shocking that is. These are members of Congress who were involved in the insurrection, involved in planning for the insurrection. But Sasha, not just the insurrection. As I had mentioned a second ago, this kind of carefully coordinated putatively constitutional theory to overthrow a duly elected president. It really is quite astonishing. Now, to be absolutely clear, there's no constitutional basis for them doing what they were doing, and that's reflected in their request for pardons. They knew what they were doing was illegal, and that's the real shocking revelation here. Professor Makaitis, why is it significant that GOP lawmakers sought preemptive presidential pardons. What does that tell us? Well, it tells us that they had a very strong suspicion that they had been engaged in uh, clear criminal wrongdoing and were subject to prosecution. That's about the only reason that I can think of anyone would request a pardon. Um, There is, you know, there's been a strong suggestion, and I suspect it may be borne out by evidence, that some of them gave some of the insurrectionists access to the Capitol uh, in a sort of a role of in a reconnaissance role. If that's the case, that that points pretty clearly to conspiracy. Um, so I think you know they're they know that they're potentially quite vulnerable, and um, you know as we they all, it also demonstrates that the former president has no real loyalty. He didn't he didn't provide any of them for this. He basically took care of himself and and a few others. Yeah, Professor Schwinn, it's been reported that today's hearing uh, it quickly came together over quote sincere concerns for uh, Hutchinson's physical safety. What do you make of that, and what do you expect to hear from her today? Yeah, so there are reports, Sasha, of physical threats against Hutchinson, given the testimony that she's provided to the committee already. I've got to say, the fact that the committee has been so carefully orchestrated and coordinated up to this point, and then calls this emergency session today suggests that the committee has something really, really important that it wants to reveal in a quick way, something different than we've heard before. And again, Hutchinson has provided uh, just an array of testimony, uh, really critical Mm. issues up until now. So we expect something big today. Yeah. You know, Professor Makaitis, last week the committee also received footage from a British documentary filmmaker who followed Mm. President Trump before and after January 6th. What do you make of this? Well, the, the amount, the brazenness with which this was done, um, you know, the disregard for legality, I mean, not only the filming, but the president on a taped call with the secretary of state in Georgia asking him to come up with non-existent votes or telling the Justice Department, just say there were if there was fraud, we'll do the rest. I, I don't know how that is not uh some kind of conspiracy. I want to add to this threat thing. This, to me, is one of the most alarming things about American politics today. There was a time you would be arrested and charged for threatening a government official. Mm -hmm. Now you're seeing threats against witnesses, threats against anyone involved in the elections who certified it as fair and legal. And I'm really appalled to hear, you know, members of Congress wanting the Supreme Court protected, but saying absolutely nothing about the threats being posed to these people who essentially defended democracy. You know, overall, we've been hearing some pretty damning evidence against the Mm -hmm. former president. 
Meanwhile, it, it seems like some others might be coming out of this as heroes. Yeah, I, yes and no. I think some of them do, but mostly the lower-level ones. I'm a little concerned when people try to turn Mike Pence into a hero, though, yes, he ultimately did the right thing. But I'm really disturbed that he had to call up Dan Quayle and ask him whether there was any, any ability for him to overturn the election, which tells me he actually thought about it. Um, so ultimately, at the end of the day, he did the right thing. But on the other hand, you know, he was involved in this administration for four years. Yeah. And uh, he was involved in it all the way back through the election year. So, you know, I, I don't think he comes out quite as uh, quite as heroic as some have painted him to be. What do you think about that, Professor Schwinn? No, I share those sentiments exactly. I mean, we're calling people heroes for basically doing their day jobs. And it is true that they're doing their day jobs under extraordinary circumstances. But at the end of the day, they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're paid to do this. They're not paid to overthrow democracy and overthrow a duly elected president. And to uh, to stand up to somebody like President Trump is uh, is, I suppose, in a sense, heroic, but in another sense, just another day at the office. Well, if that documentary series that we just talked about does go ahead and, and air this summer, like the filmmaker says it will, how might that impact these proceedings? Well, that's it's going to be a trove of new information for the committee. And uh, by all accounts, the committee is getting troves of new information basically on a daily basis. So we expect more information to roll out over the summer, including the video, including additional tranches of of evidence from the archives, and including any other evidence the committee's able to to put together. It seems like it's rolling out in uh, in floods. As we mentioned earlier, the, the committee had previously planned to actually take a break from hearings until the House returns from recess in mid-July. Do you expect that it will return to that original plan after today's hearing, Professor Makaitis? I, I, it depends on what continues to be uncovered. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Um, they've done a very good job. They realize this is on. This is very much front and center, and they want to keep it so. Um, and I think you know that they will continue to do this as much as possible. But it's also important to remember. We're not the audience. We've made up our minds on this. Neither are the hardcore Trump supporters. They're not going to change. You're trying to reach a a middle, a soft middle of the electorate who might take a good look at this and say, boy, no matter what I think of the policy issues, Mm -hmm. this is really over the top. And if we're going to have a democracy, which I think is really the issue, are we going to continue to live in a democracy? This cannot be allowed to stand without consequences. So 20 seconds or less. Tell me, what are you watching moving forward. Yeah, um, I'm watching for the surprise revelation. I'm watching to whether she can really point to somebody who has, you know, any yeah. more damning information than we have. But already, it, I mean, it's quite, quite a quite a cumulative uh, uh, case. Like, made. What, what more do we want to hear? Uh, Professor Schwinn, what about you? Same. Um, you know, we've we've already heard everything that we need to hear to indicate that pre- former President Trump and many high level officials, including members of Congress, have put, have uh, committed crimes and potential crimes. Yeah, it's kind of hard to imagine what more we could hear. But given the emergency nature of today's hearing, again, it suggests that we will hear additional revelations. Yeah, I've learned not to be surprised anymore with these things. Stephen Schwinn is a professor at the University of Illinois Chicago Law School, and Tom Mikaitis is a historian at Department. Paul University. Thank you both. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.